0: There's a big fear of rejection, getting those. And this is really important because as entrepreneurs, we have to be able to have a strategy call, a sales conversation with prospects because that's how they become clients.
1: You're listening to the Catching Clients podcast, where the smartest minds from the world of professional services and marketing come and share the strategies that they use to consistently attract and catch their ideal big fish clients so you can learn to do the same. So, grab your gear and join me, Adam King, the captain at Thing Like a Fish and creator of the client catching ecosystem, and let's go fishing. So hello, hello and welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, this is an episode I've been really looking forward to as um, my guest today is, she's an expert in getting to the heart of uh, really what makes us business owners and entrepreneurs really tick. Now, look, I know this podcast is about marketing, strategy, how to catch more clients, but really what you're going to hear today is actually that none of these are going to necessarily have the impact and get the results that you expect unless you get really what my guest today helps you master. So, I'm delighted to be do, uh, joined today by Nina Cook. Now, Nina is a peak performance business mindset coach, uh, working with successful but stuck business owners and experts who are frustrated because in spite of all their hard work, they still aren't getting the results that they want and the results that really deep down they know that they're capable, uh, they're capable of. Now, Nina's superpower is it's digging deep to find the root cause of why they're struggling, and then showing them how they can clear out the subconscious gridlocks to uh, to, to leverage thinking uh, to create more profits, freedom, and success. Now, Nina's also a fellow podcaster. She's the host of the Entrepreneurs in a Game podcast, and she's regularly asked for her insights in the media, including places like Forbes Magazine and on BBC Radio. And that's just a name drop a couple for her. Now. I really can't uh, wait to see where this one goes, if not slightly being a little bit am- apprehensive uh, at the possibility of her asking me some tough questions, but um, look, that's why I've asked her onto the show. Onto the show. So um, Nina, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast.
0: Thank you, Adam. It was a pleasure to be here. Yeah,
1: no, it's great to have you on because, um, yeah, as I said there in the, uh, in the introduction, I think what you do really... <laughs> take everything away that you have to do in business on a daily basis. Uh, You know, the strategy, the getting clients, working with staff, all the rest of it. None of that really matters unless you've got that gray matter between your head sorted. So why don't you sort of explain a little bit about your story, how you got to do what you do and really what is it that you help people remove as an obstacle?
0: Okay, great. So I started my first business. I was in the corporate world for a few years and then I left to have kids. I took um, 10 years out to have children and then when the youngest was very small, I started a personal shopping business from home. I sort of fell into it and I was pretty good at it. You know, I I grew the business rapidly. Uh, I've got a great team of personal shoppers and makeup artists. We went nationwide, worked with corporate clients and all of that. And in spite of all the success, you know, looked good on the outside. I really wasn't happy with my work, where I was heading. I didn't have any sense of purpose. It wasn't what I really, really wanted to do. And I know you've got young children. And I look at my young children and think, you've got such a lovely, natural confidence about you. And I never had that. I grew up feeling, um, I grew up with an older sibling whose chief, um, enjoyment was to knock the confidence out of me. So I grew up with no confidence, no self-esteem. I really wanted was to hide away, didn't think I had anything interesting to say or to contribute. And looking at my children, I thought I really don't want to keep faking it any longer. I can pretend I'm confident, but it doesn't feel authentic. And so I decided that I was going to do something about it and also to find what I really wanted to do, how I wanted to contribute. And so I started a long journey, a long journey on your personal development. I, I dabbled in it before, read some books, etc. But I thought I'm really going to find out if I can change my thinking, if I can feel good about myself, if I can feel comfortable in my skin. And at the, that time, it wasn't income-based because I was you know, doing pretty well, but this was all about feeling good within myself and being able to turn up authentically and not worrying about what people thought about me. So in my in the trainings that I did I did a lot of exploring I did um, a lot of testing of what worked and what didn't work and I always thought I'm a tough case nothing's ever going to work for me because I've tried so many different things you know, affirmations and EFT and this and that and none of it really seemed to hold it made me feel better just for a short amount of time and then all that negative inner talk would come back and so During my journey of trying to make myself feel better, I was always looking for something for a permanent fix. And it was only when I came across a particular coach, mindset coach, who talked about limiting beliefs. And I thought, that's not going to work. I've tried them before through another format. And anyway, I booked up some sessions with him. And it was amazing. It actually turned my thinking completely around. And I didn't think that was possible. And I was very skeptical. Even as I was changing my thinking, I was thinking it's not really working. And I think, well, I could put videos out. I can, I might go and speak. I could go to networking events and all this seemed so okay for me. I started thinking, where's the the resistance? And it was because I got rid of my limiting beliefs around I'm not good enough. What I have to say isn't important. There's something wrong with me. Lots of self-esteem stuff I've been carrying around since I was a child. And as I got rid of it, suddenly I didn't have to use affirmations or willpower to start doing things that i would never done before because it just seemed a natural, reasonable thing to do. So before you would ever said to me, produce a video, put it out there, put your thoughts, put your ideas out there, I thought, no way. So when I grew my personal shopping business, I grew it through Google AdWords. I hid behind my desk and it was easy for me to do that suddenly I thought oh, I'm going to create a video and some people will like it some people weren't that's fine but I just want to get my getting my message out there and I worked out the technicalities of doing it and I got my first video out there I didn't get many views I actually got one or two great comments and I thought this is great so it's they opened up lots of new opportunities and avenues to start connecting with my audience and because I had such a great result myself I wanted to train in it because I wanted to help other people to be able to get rid of all of those fears, those fears that we believe are true, fears about rejection, fears about feeling like a fraud, fears about the competition, about what other people think about us. And another big fear is not being able to stand in our value so we can't charge what we want. I wanted to help entrepreneurs so they didn't have to go through what I had to go through, They could sort this stuff out once and for all and really start creating a much bigger, a freer, more fun vision of what was possible for them to start taking risks, to start doing things that they wouldn't normally do, start connecting and reaching out to people and be able to do it with a sense of it's okay if it doesn't work and if it works fantastic and start really enjoying their business. And that's when I became a coach to work exclusively with entrepreneurs who who know that they're underperforming, they know there's so much more available to them, but they don't understand how to get there themselves. And they think, well, the new strategy will get me there, maybe a new process, a new team member. But when that still doesn't give them the breakthrough for what they're looking for, when they get to that moment when they think, well, I might be getting in my own way, that's when I can work with them to help them to really clear out all of those lies about themselves and replace them with new empowering truths about who they really are, about their internal power, and then go out there and create a business that they really love from a place of ease and flow rather than pushing and fighting and struggling.
1: And there's, there's, there's so much in what you've just said that, yeah, well, I relate to, um, apart from thinking I now have to, after we've finished this, uh, call my brother up and apologize profusely because I'm the older one. Um, <laughs> You know, there's, um, there's just so much in it, in terms of being on that path, being on that journey, going out into the world and and doing something for yourself, having to be the one that steps out from behind the, you know, behind the mask, behind the curtain and all of those things that are going on in your head when you're doing it. You know, what is it specifically do you find when it comes to entrepreneurs and business owners? that first of all drew you to working with them and the specific challenges that they face that are the biggest things that are holding them back?
0: What drew me to entrepreneurs is because I'm an entrepreneur and I suppose I moved in the world of entrepreneurs and I moved in the world of coaches, experts, consultants, and that's who I started working with. I had a really good friend and um, just when I was starting out, I didn't really have many clients. And I said, can I do a session on you? And if you like it, can you tell your list about me? And so we did a session and he um, his challenge was his inconsistent income. Yep, one month down the next. And he was supporting a family. So it was really important for him to be able to have a consistently high income so he could have a lifestyle for his family that he wanted. And he got rid of um, limiting beliefs and the month after that, I think he earned more than double the amount he'd earned in the previous month. And the month after that went up by another 30%. He was obviously over the moon about his results. So he then emailed his list and I've got, you know, a load of clients from there. And they were entrepreneurs. So this is who I know. I understand their challenges because I've been through them myself. And I really wanted to be able to help them to because, you know, when we start a business, we, we started because we want freedom and flexibility. We want to be the masters of our time. We want to provide a service that we are absolutely aligned with and impact as many people as possible. But most of us have found that actually that dream can suddenly become a nightmare. You're working long hours, evenings, weekends, maybe not seeing your family as much as you want. You might be seeing your family less than when you used to have a job. And so suddenly you could just hit a brick wall and get really stuck. So the main challenges I see um, with entrepreneurs are fears. Most of them are running their business. If they're not getting the results they want, they're running their business from a place of fear. So some of the fears I've mentioned, there's a fear of marketing, putting yourself out there, putting a message out there because... You know, what people don't like what I say. What if I get judged or criticized? What if it doesn't land with anyone? What if there's a deafening silence? What if what I have to offer is not value to people? There's a fear of marketing. That's a big one. Um, There's a fear of being visible, which is like marketing, but also it could be, you know, as I said, um, doing videos. It could be going on podcasts. It could be um, reaching out to people. It could be visible in Facebook groups speaking, any, anything that will take them out of their comfort zone. So if they're in their office, anything that gets them out of their, you know, online or offline, because people are really worried about how they perceive. They're worried about what people think about them. That's another really big fear. So if someone doesn't like me, if they don't think what I'm saying is worthwhile, they might put a really nasty comment at the bottom of my video. Then I'll feel humiliated. I'll feel rejected. I'll feel that I'm not good enough. There's a big fear of rejection, Getting those. And this is really important because, as entrepreneurs, we have to be able to have a a strategy call, a sales conversation with prospects, because that's how they become clients. We tell them about what we do, we mention our price. Oh my God, that's so difficult. Because, you know, what if they say no? And then, you know, we feel like a loser, we feel we're not good enough, we feel like a failure. So all of these fears and many, many more, uh, putting up your prices can be a fear because people may not feel that you're offering enough value to charge that much. All of these fears are actually stories that we make up in our head. And we're, we're pretending we, are, we know what people think. We're pretending we can mind read. We can, we're pretending that we know what will happen if we do this the consequence of an action. But actually, we don't know. And so while we carry on living through these fears and believing these made-up stories, think of all the times you wanted to do something. And I can think of all the times I want to do something. And then the voice goes, no. It's crazy. And that no is your limiting beliefs, speaking up and saying, you can't do that. You're not good enough to do that. You'll get found out. You'll, you'll be rejected, humiliated.
1: So how does that voice show up in a real world? in the real world um obviously you've got that voice but i kind of i I can think of some of those voices that you know go on in my head and and probably from my perspective some of the behavior that results from that but what have you found is some of the most common things that that voice causes other you know causes us to do Hey, it's Adam here with a quick interlude, just to say that I really hope you're enjoying this episode of the Client Catching Podcast. And if you are, great. I'd really appreciate a five-star review and just a comment on where you're listening from and what you're getting out of the podcast. Now, you could drop that over on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to your podcast today. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can get all the updates as they come out. And if you want to engage with other business owners that are enjoying this podcast, then you can join the Catching Clients private community. It's our private Facebook group where smart business owners learn how to get more predictability, more profit, and more leverage. So head over to facebook.com slash group Catching Clients and join today. And lastly, if you wanna see how you can build your own client catching ecosystem, then you can watch my new free on-demand masterclass training called Less Selling More Clients. Um, You can do that if you go to thinklikeafish.co slash pc dash less dash selling. You'll get the roadmap to systemizing and scaling your firm that will increase your influence, uh, consistently get you in front of ideal prospects, automatically follow up with your leads while growing your network and pipeline so you can add 4 to 12 of the right clients each month. And that's all without spending a penny on advertising or adding more hours to your week. So again, I really hope you're enjoying the, uh, the, the content here today. I'd love to see you in our community and I can't wait to help you catch more clients. So now back to the show.
0: Well, for example, if you have a strategy call with someone and then the thinking before the strategy call, the state of mind is really, really important. Is it how we turn up? Do we turn up in a state of empowerment or we, do we turn up in a state of fear? So a conversation in, a, in someone's head, in my head, when I start strategy calls for my personal shopping business was, they're not going to like what I do. They're going to say no to me. I'm going to feel, you know, complete failure at the end of this. They're going to think I'm too expensive. They're not going to want to work with me. They'll probably find someone who's better than me at what I do. They'll probably find someone who's, you know, offers them a better price. And, it, you know, this gonna be a waste of time. And so many things I'm really dreading this call. So the internal voice, of fear, because that's what it is, it's, it's just trying to keep us safe, you know, subconscious, which is full of our limiting beliefs, it's just trying to keep us safe. But keeping us safe means that we play small, that we don't step out of our comfort zone, we don't try new things. And embracing failure, embracing those is such a key part of being a business owner. And if we can get to that stage where we are absolutely comfortable getting a no, a no is just, oh, what can I learn from that? conversation why did that person say no ask them you know if on a um, strategy call someone said they don't want to work with me I'm really curious can I just ask you why so that's when they become honest because they may say well it's the price I haven't got the time but when you actually ask them you know why why don't you want to go ahead with this I'm just curious that's when they come out with the real reasons why mm. and it's just such a an empowering way of being with people it doesn't matter so. When you can stop taking things personally, that it doesn't mean they're rejecting you and who you are. So when I have a no from a client, I know from a prospect, I know they're not rejecting me and who I am. It's Mm. not possible for them to be able to do that. All they're saying is, it's not right for me at the moment. It's such an impersonal thing. Mm. And then that always makes me think, okay, that's fine. But, you know, can we have a conversation around that? Would that be okay? I'd just like to know a little bit more. Because there's so much it,
1: going on isn't there with somebody else that yes it's almost arrogant to think that you're the reason they haven't made a decision
0: exactly that's perfect yeah it's, it's arrogance on our part and also we're mind reading we're mind reading well they're saying no because of this that and the other it's nothing to do with that it's just it's not a good fit for them and then as soon as I got that I thought okay I can step back from this and look at the bigger picture And and what learning can I get from this conversation? How can I improve what I say next time? How can I make it more valuable? And how can I deal better without objection? Not to be manipulative or pushy, but just because I want to get better and better what I'm doing. And the other thing that really helped me with this is that I heard, I went to a talk, I think it was Roger Hamilton, the Wealth Dynamics guy, and he said something really, really great. He said, every conversation we have in our life is unique. So we have, a conversation every day with our partners or with our parents or with our siblings or our friends or our children or colleagues or whatever. But each conversation is unique. If you have a conversation with a prospect or someone that you want to get uh, contact with or whatever it is, you're going to have a unique interaction with that person. And that is of such huge value, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Absolutely life isn't static, is it? Um, you know, it's, it's in constant flow. So if you think that you're going to have the same experience, exactly the same, it's, it's actually you know, physically impossible, um, you know, not getting into metaphysics or anything like that. But it's, it, is, it is completely different every single time. So let's say somebody is, because a lot of people that will be listening to this podcast, they are Uh, they provide a professional service or they're an expert and, you know, all those sorts of things. And what I've tend to found is that a lot of those people that whole, and and that's why I'm really interested in this whole sales conversation um, uh, way we're going, because there's a fear of selling a lot of the reason, you know, because of all that internal narrative and all the rest of it. But also I think that when we have a skill or an expertise or a, A knowledge. I think sometimes we hope that that's enough, and so to then have to learn how to sell. There's a whole oh, used car salesman sort of mentality or or, or view of of what that actually is. So it's it's really quite uncomfortable for people because that's what they think they need to do. So if somebody is in that situation, how would you suggest flipping it round and approaching? You know, how would you prepare someone? as a client that's come to you saying, I've got this issue, I'm scared of selling. How would you help them to turn it around and prepare for a sales conversation?
0: That's a great question. This is how I I do it now. So if I'm going from a place of fear with sales conversations, this is how I approach each one. And I think doing the inner work first, really, you know, thinking about the call beforehand rather than just diving straight into it and making sure you're in a state of mind that's going to give maximum results for you and your prospect. So getting into that state of mind and making that intention that you're going to offer as much value as you can on that call. So when you come to it from a, place of being of value then sadly it's not sleazy it's not salesy you are genuinely interested about that person's challenge you are genuinely interested to find out what their vision is what they actually want and not just when they say things but getting their emotion when they're talking about their vision when you've got their emotion you know you're really getting to what matters to them and then being of value as you're creating that bridge from their challenge to what you can offer if you believe is a good fit for both of you, if you genuinely feel you can help that person. And being of value when you say your price and knowing and standing in your value so you you know when you say your price that actually you could be charging so much more because of what you're going to help that person to achieve in their life. And if you were to ask yourself a question before you get into the call, What can I offer a value that will change this person's perspective on their challenge, whether they work with me or not? And I don't mean coaching them on the call because we're not going to coach on a strategy call, but what can I ask them? What can I help them to maybe see or what insight can they have with me that will really help them to change their perspective, whether we work together or not? Because you never know that person may come back later. They may tell someone else about the incredible help and value they got on the call. So if, I really believe that rather than thinking i'm going to be I want to take something from this call, what can I give? what can I offer, and be genuinely curious. I mean curiosity is one of those great things that we can cultivate. I'm so curious about people, why do they think like that? And even if I've heard the challenge a hundred times before, I will never hear it in that unique way that I will hear from that person, that one person. And I just find sales conversations absolutely, I love them. I absolutely mm. love them now. And the more I've got into that mindset of what can I offer? How can I help this person on this call? The better results I've got. Mm. It's automatic. And as I get better results, I can put my prices up because I still believe in the value I'm giving. And so it just becomes a no brainer. It's a win-win for you and the client.
1: Absolutely. And and I I went through a similar sort of evolution in thinking and in, 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 I was terrified. I was rubbish at sales. I thought i had. I actually, when I left university, my first role was in a, a recruitment firm and it was literally banging phones and horrible.
0: It's cold and calling, isn't it? it?
1: It was horrendous. And, and I think that experience scarred me um, yes. because I, to the point where I, I, I'd be scared to pick up a phone to call a takeaway. Because I, I, I just built up this entire sort of thing in my mind about actually using a phone to have a conversation because it was, it was a nasty kind of environment and it was so not, not what I wanted. But over time, I, I obviously had to figure out know, how, to, how to get past that. Otherwise, I'd go hungry. And it was when I can't remember who I, I was listening to. They sort of said, uh, but I heard this. It was when you approach sales from the place of service rather than you know, trying to sell, then it changes the entire dynamic. And I've certainly found that to be the case um, you know, with with how, you know, just the conversations go. And I think it's that genuine curiosity and, you know, getting into their heads so that you can really understand what they're going through and know if you're the right person, um, you know, to help them or if you can help them in another way. And, and if it's approached in that way, then you have the possibility of, of really genuinely helping that person with whatever you do so um,
0: yes it's getting yourself out of the way so your focus isn't on you what you're going to say next and looking at your script and you know worrying that they said something that's put you off where your script is it's getting yourself out of the way so that you can focus a hundred percent on the other person come off script it doesn't matter Mm. I don't really use a sales script I know I want to find out you know the challenges I want to know about their vision and all of that I know that But it's when you have that genuine conversation, a flowing conversation, where you are asking questions which really are going to help you to find out more about the person, the the person feels they're being listened to, they're really Mm -hmm. being understood and listened to. It's a human interaction, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That is missing so much in this world. And if you can give that person an hour of your deepest listening time, Mm -hmm. wow, they probably haven't had that for a very long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't remember. Um, who said it, but it, it was a fashion designer and, there, uh, or something, and one of the big famous ones. And she said, there's something in this world that people want more than money and sex. And it's, uh, it, it's attention and um, acknowledgement or something along those lines. And it's even more scarce now than when it was said years and years yes. ago.
0: Yes, it's a faster world. It's getting faster all the time, isn't it?
1: <laughs> and it's a gift. Giving, giving someone your attention is a gift now. Um, and it's a rare one, so yeah. Change, a change the narrative, changes change the perspective, and uh, yeah, watch watch things yeah start to happen. I I genuinely I genuinely, uh, I, I genuinely uh, you know, agree with that and and um, and believe it. So before I sort of ask you about how you now um, obviously you've got the sales conversations which are now different, but how you actually go out and um, and uh, and attract clients for your business, so I wanted to ask you one more thing, and that is. If someone's sort of sitting here, uh, listening to this and thinking, okay, I've got, you know, uh, some of the, it's making sense and, and uh, I know I've, I've probably got some of these things, how would they know, you know, is, is there, or maybe they're thinking, oh, that's not me. I, I, I don't have it, but actually they're in denial. Are there some things that show up, um, in terms of what they do that can be a, a clue that actually they've got a limiting belief? that they are just totally unaware of.
0: Yeah, there's there's lots of clues, not taking action. So for example, you may be working with a business coach, who's given you a strategy, you've agreed upon a strategy. The strategy could be, I don't know, emailing your, your list or something like that. You don't do it. You keep putting off, you procrastinate, you'll find other things to do. I'll just update the copy on my website or I'll just do this or that or the other. And you're not doing that thing that you know is gonna help you to get clients. So, you know, we've all got choices at the end of the day. We've got, we're free thinkers, we're unique thinkers, we have free will. So it's not the outside world, it's not the fear of your list, it's not that scary action you have to take that's stopping you, it's your inner dialogue. So once you can know that, once you can take responsibility that it's not the outside world that ever stops you or gets in your way or blocks you, it's actually you're doing it yourself. And this is not to blame ourselves. It's just taking full responsibility that you're in control. And it's really useful to know what you can control and what you can't in your life. You can't control other people. You can't control events. Anything can come up around the corner and blindside you. So there are certain things you cannot control. You may launch a program or product and you can't control the results. So focus on what you can control. You can control your thinking. You can control for your thinking what actions you can take you control your choices that you make about how big you're going to play how visible you want to be you can control how much you charge for your stuff you can control the value that you provide so there are so many things you can control and we're very busy in our minds we think about all sorts of things we create all sorts of overwhelm and stress that's our thinking causing that it's always our thinking it's never the outside world. So a way of reducing that overwhelm is just to think, okay, what can I control in my life right now? And your thinking is your most powerful overlooked asset. Everything starts with a thought. Everything we see in the world, that idea came within someone's mind to create that something, and they took action to create it. So your thinking, I mean, how much serious time, commitment, you know, do our listeners? Give their thinking.
1: Mm.
0: Really, you know, spending time on doing that inner work because we're busy chasing the next huge strategy, this, that, and the other. And all of these things are important. Of course they're important. You can't just sit there thinking great thoughts. You've got to take big aligned action. But if you just take the action without sorting out the inner stuff first, you know, they they may find out they're not getting the breakthrough they're Mm. looking for. So if you can align, it's a perfect blend of inner and outer work. Do the inner work first. you just take much bigger, bolder action. You know, the heart head aligned action, mm-hmm. the heart head aligned action, which means that you're, you, you know, you bring more passion into what you do when you have a sales message or a marketing message, you're, you're saying it from your heart. That has a much bigger impact. It's just coming from your head, from rational, mm-hmm. ego driven thinking. Mm-hmm. So once you can get those sort of messages out to your audience, can you imagine the impact you could have?
1: Absolutely. And um, you know, do, you, do you have any before we go on to the, the, the question around how you go about um, doing that? Um, the problem with this interview and this conversation is that it's it's spiking off all these sort of places that I want to go. And, and I've got so many questions and because it's it's every single thing that you're saying is is. Making me think, ah, right, let's go there. But one thing I really want, because I'm thinking that maybe somebody again, listening to this is going, okay, Nina, like that's all great. That all makes sense. But as you just said, I just don't have the time. Do you have any sort of practical um, strategies or, you know, ways that you can, that you work with someone to say, look, you think you're busy, but you're not. Here's how you do this without, you know, going to a 10-day meditation retreat or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And we are busy because, you know, most of us, um, we're running our business, we're, we're doing things in it, we're trying to think of the big picture strategy and all of that. So, uh, you know, we don't have, or we think we don't have a lot of time. Again, that's a story that we're making up. We're always making up these stories. If you're, you know, if anyone listening is overwhelmed, they're, you know, shiny object syndrome, they start one thing, they don't finish it off, they go on to the next thing because that looks, you know, really enticing, they don't finish that off and they just think I've got nothing done by the end of the day. Then I would say stop and just become aware of your thinking because the more awareness you have, the more you're going to be able to start saying, okay, I can see that's tripping me up. I can see that inner talk kicks in. Every time I think of, um, you know, putting out blog post and I don't get around to do it. one well, am not doing it? What's my inner voice saying? Okay, it's saying that, you know, if I do that and no one reads it or it's not very good. So just get in touch with your with your thinking. The other thing you can do is look for evidence. Evidence of when you've had great results doing something. Evidence when you really helped a client. Before you get on a strategy call, look at all your testimonials. Look at how much help, how much, you know, service, how much value how much transformation you've added to that person's life. So look for evidence all the time of something that's worked for you. And if you say, well, um, I did that launch, and last time I did the launch, I got zero sign-ups. Therefore, this launch isn't going to work either. Don't think that because it didn't work before, you're going to get the same result this time. This time you've made things different. There are variables. You've added new things, taken things away. You've had more time to think about it. So just have the intention that this is going to really work well for you. And it's again, getting that hard head alignment going, which is so, so important because when you believe in what you're doing, rather than thinking, I'm going to push out there and hope for the best. I know it's not going to work. When you can start changing that thinking, saying, I'm putting my best stuff out there and the people are going to be attracted to it. Are going to be attracted to it. And that's going to be amazing. So it's becoming aware and not allowing past events to dictate you're thinking of how this is going to go now or how it's going to go in the future. Events, past events, just say, okay, they're they're neutral events. They will happen. They're part of my life. However, they have no meaning about me. If my last, um, my last, um, price rise didn't work. No one bought from that. It doesn't mean that no one's going to pay me that much in the future. So stop taking the meaning out of past events. Look at them as neutral events and always start with a fresh sheet, a clean sheet. So you're going to have a new interaction today and anything that happened in the past has no bearing on the outcome of this new interaction and get in that space where you really believe in it. And if it doesn't feel right for you, if you don't have that connection with your marketing message or what you're putting out there, then, Wait until you do. Don't send something out that you think, I don't really feel this. I don't, you know, this is just something that I wrote, but I had to really struggle to write this. Wait until you really feel it and then put it out there. So be very aware of your thinking, very aware of your thinking. Write down stuff that comes up. You write down your inner talk. That really helps me. I write down what I've written. And then I can see all my limiting beliefs Mm. in that conversation in my mind. Now I'm very practiced at this. I'm very experienced. I can have a conversation with you and I can, I can pick out your limiting beliefs without you realizing it. But if you don't know how to do that, then just write down your thinking and saying, that is stopping me from taking that action. Now I know what's going on. Mm. And tell yourself, it's just a story that you made up. It's not real or true about you. And look for the evidence of what great work
1: one thing that pops into my head to almost summarize everything you said, it it is you never step in the same river twice. And I use that as an example of, um, you know, why sometimes you can make an offer to someone and you can make the same offer at a different time. It'll have a very, very different result because things are different. They've moved on that water has flowed through everything. And, And, and it's the same with your thinking. It's, it's, just because something didn't work before doesn't mean it can't work again. Now, obviously you're not going to go full on and you know, the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing, expecting a different result. It's about what you learn from an experience and taking that learning and and trying again. Um, uh, yeah, I I think it's incredibly, um, yeah, my head's going all over the place in terms of, you know, where, you know, what, what, what I deal with. Um,
0: It's stuck thinking, isn't it? If you keep thinking the same thing again and again, you're going to stop yourself from doing great stuff because Mm. it's out of your comfort zone. You think, well, that's not going to work. What's the point? I'm not going to do that because I don't want to fail. Mm. But this thinking is never going to bring anyone the results that they want. If you look at the people who are really successful, I'm not just talking about monetary success, people who are passionate, who are making a real impact in the world, doing stuff they love, People have got a, an amazing work-life balance. Those people who you would say are playing at the top of their game, they've got expanded thinking. Mm. They've been knocked back several times, probably lost fortunes, made fortunes, but they're not letting their fear stop them. They're actually saying, that's fine. Let me try something different this time. Let me see if that works or, you know, a new idea or they, they just go for it. What's the difference between people like that? And entrepreneurs who are stuck at the same, say, income level for the last two or three years, those, entrep- those people who are very successful, they have expanded thinking. They've got thinking that says, it's okay to try this. It's okay to fail. That's just the difference. It's really when it comes down to the the crux of it, it's a lack of confidence or it's the confidence to be able to do it and fail. It's a lack of self-belief you can achieve it. And it's the belief that actually, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't impact who I am. I'm still inherently amazing. I'm still inherently magnificent. I'm still inherently full of value and powerful.
1: And I think My that's results, don't. Yeah, that's that's a big question that you asked there. It's like, why can somebody who faces the same situation, or you can take two people who face the same situation, one will thrive on it and the other will retreat in fear. And, you know, I kind of you I think of a, an example of, you know, I'm a mad keen snowboarder and I can go up to, you know, uh, you know, a really high, you know, a mountain and look down and it's, you know, incredibly steep and all the rest of it. And I'll look at that with a beaming smile on my face and think this is fantastic. Whereas you take someone else up to the same thing. Now, obviously ability levels and all the rest of it's slightly different, but they'll look at that with fear and scare, you know, be, be scared and they could still try and do it, but because they've approached it with that fear, they tense up and they don't, you know, they don't move. And so they end up hurting themselves. Whereas, if you, if you throw yourself into it with everything and trust your ability and trust all of that, then I don't, know, maybe, maybe I just wanted to get something about snowboarding. in this episode, yeah. um, but, Well, that uh, reminds
0: me when I was skied, I skied twice in my twenties and I was terrified. I tensed up. I didn't want to fall. The snow was going to hurt me. It was going to be, you know, really hard. And, and I'd see the beginners in my group just, just, you know, going for it. They didn't care about falling, but I did. Mm. So my fear stopped me from enjoying skiing and I never skied again.
1: Just watch the five-year-olds in ski school going right past you. It's I
0: know, crazy. I know. It's crazy. I think, oh, they're so near to the ground, it's easy for them. But, you know, I can make up all sorts of excuses and stories. Mm. It is down to what we believe is true mm. about us. And it's such a shame because I find the people who thrive the most in business, and my clients who really get it. Mm. And once they think, okay, this is just my fears holding me back. Actually, I can do something about that, I can get rid of my fears, I could start thinking new, empowering thoughts, and I can get out there and really make an impact. The more they do that, the more passion and purpose they start feeling. And it's like a, a like a snowball, you know, it starts rolling more and more snow and having a bigger, bigger impact. Once you can engage with your passion and purpose and your fears aren't stopping you, that's I think is the, the best, easiest pathway to as much success and impact as you want.
1: Absolutely, so once someone's put that effort in, developing their inner game, and they're in a, in a place where they can move forward confidently, you know, attack that mountain. Um, what have you found is the, you know, uh, one of the best ways that you've used to um, attract and catch clients? What's worked for you?
0: I've got some great JV partners, who you know so I email my list for them they email their list for me that's worked really really well because we've got similar audiences they offer a skill set which is complementary to what I do many of them are business coaches uh, marketing experts so they know that when they ask their clients to take action their clients are holding back not doing it then they'll say you need to speak to Nina so you know get all of this sorted out then we can carry on with this marketing strategy so um, JV's work really well for me and that's all about building um relationships rapport with people and i also find with a jv partner i'll always want to offer them something first Mm. because you know for me it's always about adding value to their lives i'm always keen and i really believe in the law of reciprocation that we help each other we support each other so those have been fabulous for me i get referrals and um Again, every time anyone refers something to me, I had a referral this morning um, from a client I helped. It's just such a lovely compliment. It's
1: the ultimate validation, isn't it? It's
0: it's the ultimate. You know, Nina did this for me, and I know she can help you. And they come to me, and they come to me, and they're sort of 80% sold already. So that's a wonderful way of doing it. I've started speaking, as you know, so that's really um, big for me. And also my podcast. My podcast has been an amazing way of getting clients because after I've done the podcast, we always chat. And then, you know, we develop relationships. And then before you know it, you know, they are um, referring clients or they're asking me to go and work with their, um, with their coaching group of clients. So I'm the mindset coach for a number of different teams. Yeah. And again, when their clients are, aren't taking the action, they, they're, not, um, they're just not doing the work that they're paying their business coach to help them with. So I go and I do group coaching sessions with them. I work with sales teams and sometimes they'll become my clients, my one-to-one clients. So there's lots of different ways of doing it. I work four days a week. I take Fridays off because I know that as an entrepreneur, I don't want to be a slave to my business. (laughs) I want my business to work for me. And because I want my business to work for me, I know that I have to charge a reasonable fee for that. I've got to really believe in my worth and my value. So all of these things are all strands that anyone could build into their business to make a business that really works well for them. And that, that pays them well for the huge amount of value that they're giving out.
1: And everything that you've gone through there is available to anyone. And the underlying theme that I detect that goes through everything that you do, it's, it's relationships. And it's going out into the world being visible and actually trying to help people. And then just that, as you say, that reciprocity that comes back. And, and I can only imagine that the reason more people don't do more of that and go for the shiny objects like, well, Facebook ads or Google ads, because I can hide behind a computer and all the rest of it is because they have limiting beliefs about being visible and being the one who actually is being judged on what they say, what they do, how they present, all that kind of thing. And that's why anyone listening to this, uh, you know, and thinking, right, I need some more help with my business, uh, you know, uh, uh, my inconsistent revenue, all that kind of thing, talk to Nina, because I, I, I can almost guarantee that a lot of that is because there is, there are those blocks because this is easy in a way, it, you know, I, say, I say easy, it's simple. It might not be easy to go out, have conversations. That's what business is about. It's about relationships. And yeah, I, I, I think that's fantastic. So, yes. um,
0: I have this little thing that I do with um, podcasts because I love, you know, interviewing people for my podcast. And sometimes I'll just um, look at the, you know, top 20 entrepreneurs online, you know, Jeff Walker's, Frank Kearns, et cetera. And I will just email them and say, you know, I'd love you to be a guest on my podcast because I don't worry about rejection, it doesn't bother me. Most of them will never reply to me. A few of them, the VAs will say, sorry, they're booked up for the next 12 months or whatever. The odd one will come back and say, yes. And I did this the other day and someone came back to me, a really well-known name, and I almost fell off my chair. (laughs) I always say to my kids, if you don't ask, you don't get. And this is very much my mantra. Don't worry about no's. It's okay, because it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that doesn't fit in with that person's you know uh, plans at that moment but just do it and I, I really enjoy just reaching out to people because it's just a playful thing to do it doesn't matter
1: and and yeah i i love doing these now but i sat on this for a year to 18 months because an unknown limiting belief of nobody's going to want to talk to me
0: yeah Absolutely. And what impact has that had on your business?
1: I'd say, do you know what? The, a podcast isn't about making money. A podcast is about the ability to have conversations and build relationships. You have zero idea where that conversation or where that relationship will go. It will go somewhere and it will have a positive effect as long as you show up in a way that is actually adding value. And it's, 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 it's been a total game changer for me.
0: Yeah. And not many people do reach out. That's the thing, isn't it? Exactly so if you're doing it, you've got to be one of the minority who are doing it. And that's why you've got a great chance of getting good results.
1: And podcasting is only getting bigger. Um, you know, um, just don't think that it's all about, all oh, right, I've got to get some sponsorship and ads and all that. That's, that's not where the value of a podcast is. And, you know, as your testament to there, um, it's been one of the best ways of, um, just starting conversations because that's the hardest thing a lot of the time because you're approaching it trying to sell yes like I said, approach it I'd like to offer some bad value I'd like to ask you about what you do and your expertise and how you help people
0: Yes. And for our listeners who don't have a podcast, let's put down a challenge. Reach out to people at podcasts and see if you can be a guest on them. It's a great way for it to reach a new audience, a bigger audience, talk about your message, what you believe in. And so just reach out to people. And most of them may never reply to you, but you will get the odd one that says yes.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I can testament, feel free to reach out to me and, and and see if there's anything that we can do together. I'm, I'm always open. I'm sure you are too, Nina, if, if you've,
0: if there's a story
1: to share. Um, Absolutely. Um, I went to a a mastermind at the weekend and um, it, it was a fascinating sort of, you know, experience and looking and all the rest of it. And I, had an idea, and I said, like, Right, okay, I'm going to do a podcast episode, and that's going to be coming later. It will probably be up after this one, or maybe before. I don't think, yeah, probably after. Um, and I put a message out on the Facebook group that is connected with this masterclass and said, um, You yeah, know, it was a great, uh, a great day. Um, oh, and by the way, would anyone fancy coming on to my podcast? Because I'm going to do an episode on, um, you know, the power of masterminds and all the rest of it. I had a conversation this morning with somebody for five minutes who wasn't at my table. I didn't actually get to have a conversation with, she came on fascinating lady. I've got another uh, one booked, um, for Thursday and also the, um, number two, I think, uh, the basically heads up. Um, and you'll find out when you listen to the podcast, she's in charge of the entire, um, sort of operations and marketing of this business. And she said, Oh, you know, it's a great idea. Um, I'd be happy to share that with, everybody um that we have in our community and i then went back brilliant thank you very much why don't you come on and talk about it from the break and she was like oh i like to be behind the curtain and so i dm'd her and i said right i'm going to try and twist your arm here and she's coming on and because i reached out with value and and it was just like i I want to actually highlight what benefit came from this this event and uh, yes I couldn't have done that without a podcast. And I'm going off on a tangent, which I do. It's to- a
0: wonderful vehicle to meet people you would normally meet. Absolutely. I, I email authors, books I've read that I've really loved reading in you know, a business box, and I email them and say, Can I interview you? And some of them have said yes. And I get to talk to them about their inner game. And it's just fascinating.
1: I could talk to you all day, Nina, seriously. Um, but I have to respect your time. Um, so. Thank you very much for sharing. Um, I've, yeah, my head is full now. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. So um, for anyone else that is suffering that kind of, you know, uh, head explosion that I am, is is there anywhere where should they go to find out how to uh, how to get rid of it? Um, get in contact with you, maybe, or or or, or any resources that you can offer.
0: Absolutely, I've got a free video training. It's called How to Smash Through Your Inner Glass Ceiling, and so come along and you know use that training. It talks about all your inner game and uh, how to you know, connect with your power so you can earn more than ever before. And also, just drop me a line. You know, come to my um, website is ninacook.co.uk. You can pick up the free training there, and just drop me an email, and we can set up a time to chat. And I'd love to know you know, what's challenging you right now, what's stopping you from achieving everything that you know deep down you can actually achieve. So um, yeah, just get in touch with me and I'd love to hear from you.
1: Fantastic. And um, we'll make sure to put um, you know, links to those resources in the show notes that will be on the webpage and uh, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. So um I think all that's left to say Nina is thank you very much for uh, coming on the show uh, thanks very much for sharing your story and your uh, your your very deep insight it's it's been a it's been a genuine pleasure to uh, to sit you know to listen to you so um, oh it's
0: been lovely I'm really enjoyed the conversation's it been a great chat <laughs>
1: fantastic well all that's left to say is uh, Nina Cook thank you very much and um, happy fishing
0: thank you so much bye bye
1: If you've enjoyed today's episode, please help spread the word by telling a friend or simply subscribing and leaving an honest rating and review. It not only helps the show, but it also helps other business owners find the podcast so they too can start to catch more clients. So thanks for listening and see you next time.